Okay. So no uh, Urkel things. I looked for a clean. Did I do that? But there isn't one. Oh, sweet. I'm happy. That makes me happy. <laughs> so I have to look for some, another source for my uh, my new soundboard that I'm conceiving in my mind. <laughs> do you really, really think the show needs a soundboard? No, but that's kind of why I want it. <laughs> oh, Greg. In, in just in the sense, like, to punctuate moments, like, at once every seven or eight episodes, to throw it in there, <laughs> that that appeals to me a lot more than, than overusing it or doing something where I use it all the time. A laugh track. I could get behind a use, judicious use of a laugh track. That, that would be funny to do, a, to do a laugh track show. Do they, a show, like, just have one show where we do it, like quote-unquote, in front of an audience. Uh, and we just, we have a laugh track that we put in for us. The only time we ever did that was when we did the um, fifth anniversary spectacular mm-hmm. where <laughs> we had the audience cheer for us when we when we came out and then we just dropped it. <laughs> I mean, um, as a concept, I find it, I find it amusing. I, as, a, as a regular thing, it's obviously not mm-hmm. good for the show. Right. But... It's a conceptual thing. It's, it's it's amusing to me. Like I had the idea of you know the too many cooks. Yeah, right. Video like too many brewers, but it's more of a visual thing. Right? Yeah, and, and it's it's a clever idea, but I don't know how you would yeah, turn yeah. that into something. Take too much work. It'd be a yeah, lot more work yeah. than our our easy song parodies. Right, yeah, our song parody was literally the the least amount of work you could do for that idea. <laughs> it, was, make it, work. it was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I saw your tweet. What can I do to tweet about David Bowie and make it about me? That was <laughs> so. That was inspired by a, a tweet I saw from somebody who I who I follow and kind of respect. And he said something along the lines of, "All, all the people I'm at," he said, "I'm at the age now where the people who I love, their I respect and stuff are dying." And I thought it was somebody who is taking the fact that some people are dying and then saying. And then making it all about him. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, I was really annoyed by that because here was somebody who you know just died that day. And instead of saying, you know, if they would have said, hey, you know, this this makes you sad. Mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, or I really enjoyed, you know, what this guy did and it's, it sucks he's gone. Yeah. But I'm at the age now where all this stuff is happening to me. It was just like, come on, man. <laughs> He said, how can I make it about me? I'm like, we could re-release our song parodies right. with the David Bowie uh, parody in it. But that's why I came out like, yeah, how how can I make the death of David Bowie about me? Because that's what I felt like he was doing. Like, he, he wanted to usurp the fact that Bowie died with him feeling bad about it. The crazy thing was, on my Twitter, I think, maybe because it was first, but I was so stunned at how many people were tweeting about Lemmy from Motorhead dying. It just shocked me because I didn't realize he was such an important character in culture. And it... I I don't think he is. I think he's more unique in culture. Maybe. But maybe because David Bowie was second and Lemmy happened a week before. But my Twitter seemed... To be harder hit by Lemmy than David Bowie. See, I think you'd find an interesting or similar thing if, if somebody really unique died. Like, let's say Paul Rubens died. 
Mm-hmm. You get a lot of people, a lot of people being like, oh my God, Pee Wee Herman died. Pee Wee Herman died. Because it was a very unique character, a unique actor. Right. When Alan Rickman died, which is horrible, but, you know, I mean, people die. <laughs> that yeah. happens. Uh, it's, um, it, there wasn't, you know, the outpouring. David Bowie, prolific artist, very, a great artist. Um, you know, one of the great artists of our time didn't get the same kind of thing because he wasn't. I mean, he was a unique character, but mm-hmm. he was a more explored character than right. someone like Lemmy. Yeah, maybe that's it. I was just surprised. I mean, I knew of Lemmy. Yeah, I knew a couple Motorhead songs. Um, actually, not even like what, their what, most famous whenever. Ones. Whenever I think of Motorhead, I think of a song that's not them. I think of. Um, uh, Sister Christian. <laughs> oh, really? Motor in. <laughs> <laughs> so I really don't know Motorhead that well. I mean, so it's not even like, I guess Ace of Spades is probably their big number one, their big hit, the most well-known hit. That's okay. not the song I know. Like, the song I know was a song that was on Headbangers Ball on MTV when I was, you know, 15 years mm-hmm. old, you know? I don't even remember what that song is title-wise, but I'd recognize hearing it. So really not a huge... And then I was just surprised, like... All walks of life, too, it seemed like people were talking about Lemmy, and you would figure that would have been reserved yeah, for Yeah, I had the, no idea who Lemmy was heads. until he died. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, you're, you're self-proclaimed not a music person, yes. so. Well, I think other people would proclaim it, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, I didn't know who Lemmy was. Paul Rubens is apparently putting up, going to do Pee Wee's Playhouse again or something? I, I thought that was, that was there for a while. That thing has been around for a while oh, and it? i mean it reminded me when you 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 messaged me about other space being canceled and i was like oh you didn't get the memo i, I was surprised well, was... I, I looked it up like and it like it was still in like not not canceled but like... i had forgotten that you watch it because i was like what you just watch it now because i i i it, it was gone from my from my consciousness it was like what no, no, I watched it a while ago. Yeah, yeah. The reason it was in my consciousness is because of my, my on sick beard, you know, like, oh, when's that going to be? So I had to go online to see if there was going to be a new season. What, sick beard? It's the thing that downloads all the shows. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. And uh, so it was subscribed on there, my season pass, right? Mm. And uh, I'm like, huh, when's well, going to be a new season of that? And I looked it up on Wikipedia, and it's like, you know, the last update was like November, like, Yahoo still hasn't signed it yet, but they haven't said no either. So when the news went out that Yahoo was canceling Screen, I interpreted that as, okay, now it's officially dead. I mean, and that's fine. I, I, I don't know how much more there was to that universe. It, it was fun. I, I guess you... I'm, I'm of the opinion now that I think that shows last too long as opposed to are too short. Uh, and so... Hey, you want to go watch All of Lost again? <laughs> I was... So a friend of mine at work... Actually, when, yeah, I'd like to watch All of Lost A co-worker again. of mine at work... One, I think Lost was great TV until in, until there's some missteps in the last season, but I think it was it was really <laughs> effective and very good the TV. Weird, so I was looking at the episodes and whatnot because I was copying them for a co-worker. Uh, you know, and like TV series these days are what, 12 episodes? Like, the first three seasons of Lost were 24 mm-hmm. episodes. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the last two seasons or three seasons were, like, 15 to 17 episodes. Well, you know, procedurals are the ones that really have uh, 
the long term, you know, your your CSIs and stuff, those still do those, but your superhero shows. But yeah, most most of the uh, the prestige dramas that you know are, are 12, 13 episodes or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it just... But when Lost was doing those, that that was the norm, right? And yep. sometime between Lost and now, maybe Breaking Bad or something. The Sopranos, I think, was really a, a major catalyst. I mean, The Sopranos was on when Lost was on, so it, it wasn't... It was pretty much wrapping up when Lost was starting. I don't know. Lost is, Lost is older than you think. But... 2004, right? Yeah, right. 2004. That sounds right. Or no, because it, it, it premiered when we were doing the show. Yeah. So that would have been well, 05. did it? Did yeah. It okay. So it must have been 05. Or 05 or 06. Sopranos was pretty much wrapped by then. I mean, maybe they were almost... No, it must have been 2004. Because they made a point about the, the Red Sox winning the World Series. And that was 2004. Okay. Okay, so it must have started before we were on the air. Seemed like, <laughs> seemed like we we didn't really start talking about it until the second season, because we didn't start doing the the the, the pre show and, and post show until the second season. We started doing those and after episode six, did we? Yeah. All right, if you say so. Anyway, um, yeah, we'll I'll look up here in a moment to see. Well, it, it, it was it was close to the end of that year, so it was near. Okay, so you didn't know we went on our break, but we were worried that the recording had stopped, so we looked it up. Lost did start 2004, September, so it's it started before Craft Beer Radio. It's interesting. Oh, you know what? I I guess we probably started watching it over the summer or something. Do you watch Summer Sea? Because I remember I you telling rem- I remember you telling me I needed to watch Lost mm-hmm. on the show, so it wouldn't make sense if it was in September. And it was right. definitely the first season, so I think we might have been watching summer reruns or something. Well, I, it, it was. Remember what they did in the first season, and maybe the second season too, is that they they would do a couple shows and then do some repeats and do a couple shows. They wouldn't do what they do now with shows, which is a line of shows um, off for right. for the winter and then a line of shows again. Okay. Yeah, you're right, but you know, we didn't. It would have had to been after yeah. June. Remember, the, the last couple seasons of Lost weren't 22, 24 episodes. No, they were short. They were like yeah. 15 episodes. Right. Which is still long compared to Fargo. and like Yeah, Oscar. yeah, yeah. Like a lot of the dramas today are but, 12 episodes. You know, networks are realizing that, uh, in particular, the, the networks that don't necessarily care about having stuff on all the time, mm-hmm. are realizing that a shorter series first of all costs less money and second of all you actually get a better story out of it right you don't have to stretch you don't have to have those the jack's tattoo episodes <laughs> lost lost was a good show it was a good show yeah. it gets unfairly maligned for for not being for it gets unfairly maligned because it was one of the impetuses for the understanding that you need to wrap your show up in a satisfying way. Uh, and and then meandering in the middle seasons as well, too. It was... They did some meandering, sure, but they, they kept introducing new mysteries. And then it came to a point where you realized, okay, none of these mysteries are actually going to be solved. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so they, they kept doing interesting television and, and good television. But... 
not super great, ultimately not super great storytelling, but still good television. So right. in, in that sense, it, 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 it is really fun to watch. Uh, or at least it was. I, I assume it still is. I assume that those episodes are still good TV. I still remember the inter- the beginning of, of season two was it blew me away how awesome it was. Actually, I, so when I was copying all those shows, from, I watched that scene. It's still, I mean, it loses something when you know what's coming, but it it definitely took us back. Took me back, yeah. like you know, looking at all the the stuff in the hatch and and whatnot. So very very effective, very good television. Let's talk about this bow question that you you brought. All right. So yeah, I, I came across a conversation where a woman referred to her boyfriend, probably significant other, if not as her beau, and it got me curious, right? Because it's a it's a antiquated, out of date term. Is she using it? The question for Greg was: Is she using it as? Uh, a way to talk about her girlfriend and not draw attention that it, it's not, you know, traditional or traditional boyfriend type thing. So I looked up definition for bow and everything I found was, there was no new definition, right? It was about your male lover or about your boyfriend who is a dandy and that kind of thing. And, um, so I just mentioned it to Greg. And then the second part of the question is if, you're using bow as code to talk about your girlfriend because there's not a gender, a commonly used gender neutral um, friend, something friend. Uh, does it draw more attention because you're using an antiquated term? As to the second um, part of your question, I do think it does. It, it draws more attention because you hear a, a word that you're not used to using. I don't necessarily think that that's why she's using it, but it does draw your attention because it's not it's, it's not used word that's used often but i've been known <laughs> to use words that are uh, not common words mm-hmm. i i use them because i feel like they get my point across best i don't nec- i don't use them to show off it's simply right. i feel like for whatever reason my brain feels like that's the word to use i, I don't consciously say i'm going to show off this person and use this word so i doubt that other people do that but i guess other people could who knows as for Bo is a lot less letters than boyfriend when you're typing it out. So, as for the the, the purpose, uh, you know, I, I mentioned I do have an opinion on this. Um, words change all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason why dictionaries keep getting published is because words change because words aren't uh, solid. Uh, it, I don't know if I would answer this if I would have the same question when I heard Bo, but I do think it's a very interesting question. I don't know what it refers to, but I don't think you can you can go just by the judgment of what the word is is used by to necessarily say that's what this person is using, particularly if it's a word that's not used very often. Mm-hmm. When a word is used very often, it gets a you, you basically understand the word because it's used often, so people don't use it. Well, sure. In, I mean, that's one of the things I looked up. I was curious, and I'm like, yeah. does Bo have a new definition? Is it yeah. the way? Is it gender neutral? boyfriend girlfriend right so you can just kind of throw that out there because it really isn't a word now i, th- I think that the, i mean the, spouse would be the gender neutral term for someone you're married to but there's not really right, one right. for boyfriend girlfriend 
I think that the general case, I forget where I read this, but I read something along these lines that for the Oxford English Dictionary, for one of those dictionaries, when there are 15 separate uses in separate sort of publications they can use to point out this word has been used, that's sort of a, a defining moment. And they say, okay, now this word has a new meaning that we can put into our dictionary. Uh, mm-hmm. But they're forced to to wait until like they, they, they cross right. a certain threshold. But obviously if one or two sources start to use it, then they can't put it in the dictionary. But that doesn't mean it's, it's not being used on that level yet. It just means that it hasn't crossed a certain threshold. So she may be uh, out on on the frontier of using this word, and it may eventually start to get this term. Uh, but or she's not a lesbian. Or she's not. A, I mean, who knows? <laughs> exactly. Uh, it, it's it, unless you get to know her, you won't know the answer. Mm-hmm. So, but but I do think it's a very interesting question. Yeah, and you know I, the answer doesn't matter mm-hmm. to me, other than the curiosity. And it was more academic at that point because it was the second time <clears throat> in. You know, just Slack conversation where she's mentioned her bow. You know, and it it just was curious. I'm like, well, you know, there's she. You know, she. If you ask yourself, could this person be a lesbian? The answer is not. No, absolutely not. Right. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, okay, so maybe it, it's it's a way to use that word. You know, boyfriend, girlfriend, gender neutral thing without trying to draw attention to it. And so I looked it up, and I couldn't find anything to support that. So, mm-hmm. well, I mean, we 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 come in a. It could be a new thing. You know? We we live in a new age, right? It's uh, right. I, I think there probably should be a word to say for your boyfriend, girlfriend. Yeah, and and Bo doesn't seem that that far off. It's not like you're saying you know, dump bucket or something. <laughs> you're not using a, just, you're not using a word that isn't. I mean, the, that, the, so the definition is traditionally. Specifically, for your male right. boyfriend lover, um, I'm not saying that it has to stay that way, but there was like no room for it meaning girlfriend as well, you know, in so, the traditional yeah, definition. Yeah, right. But that doesn't, I mean, that doesn't mean anything for 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 how somebody's. I mean, so the nice thing with dictionaries is you, is you can check against how the popular usage is for a word. But that doesn't mean you can check against how a single person is using it. So you either have to ask them or make an assumption. Uh, and it's it's a valid use of dictionary to say, okay, what is the best assumption? The but, other interesting thing is both times when she used Bo, she didn't use a, like omitted any kind of he, she pronoun. Mm-hmm. Very vague. Very curious. And what was the Bo's name? Is it Pat? <laughs> Stacy. <laughs> Michelle. <laughs> yep. So, I don't know what else you got. Oh, lots. Lots. We can do a great explains his tweets. You were tweeting a lot this week. I was. I didn't tweet anything last time. Well, I'm not going to touch that computer since it seemed to be finicky when I touched it last time. All right. So let me take a look at the, the tweets that I put out. I, I love this tweet that somebody else put out that I... If you saw oh, that, I saw that one, The, the yeah. Chapo with Sean Patton. It took me a while to figure out what the hell the picture was. I, I, so it's Mario and Luigi. Mm-hmm. And then like in the faces is... Uh, well, no, this is an actual picture. Oh, they painted... Of... 
Sean Penn meeting with the drug lord El Chapo, and then somebody took it and turned it into Luigi meeting with Mario. Right. Okay. So they painted on the clothes and yes, yes. Okay. So, yeah. So it took me a while to place that photo, and then I'm like, oh, that's Sean Penn and Chapo. <laughs> Um, all right, so let's see, let me go from the beginning here. So you, you mentioned my David Bowie cheat. Uh, so all right, so I I, I said because I, I after our Sunday thing, I said, oh god, I don't want to talk about Star Wars. I started to think a little bit more about Star Wars. <laughs> so I started to think, uh, oh my god, Han's coming back as a Force ghost, isn't he? The reason why I thought that was I I started to, to mention it to you. I was thinking about the sort of the rhyming nature of Star Wars, uh-huh. uh, which which Lucas talked oh. about, but they meant like. In episode one, Kaigon dies. In episode four, Obi-Wan dies. In episode seven, Han dies. I mean, you can see the, the parallels coming, mm-hmm. right? It, it just, just in the real basic stuff. Um, in episode one, Anakin is made aware of and uses the Force. It, he uses it to, to, I don't know, pod race or whatever. Uh, in four, Luke is made aware and uses the Force. In, in, in seven, it's Rey. Uh, in one, it's mostly Kaigon does stupid Jedi tricks. In four, Obi-Wan does stupid Jedi tricks. In seven, Rey does stupid Jedi tricks. Um, and following that logic in episode two there was a love story in episode five there was a love story so in episode eight it's probably going to be a love story of some sort uh, and um, the dark one should be the middle one but two was so bland so episode nine is going to have some furry group of clan of monsters fighting a war uh, there, there's going to be some reckoning of some sort. Well, you're going to have a bunch of fur, a, 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 a tribe of furry humanoid monsters fighting a battle. I don't think so because the Wookiees are a tiny part of three. <laughs> um, I, 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 there's a reckoning that, that has to come at the end of the third, but that, mm-hmm. that's just you know basic plot point, you know, right. basic you know storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the middle one should be the darkest one. But Lucas decided, oh, I'll make I'll make three the darkest one, and I made I'll make it really fucking dark, <laughs> for no good reason. Um, anyway, and I just was thinking about that that thing. I thought, well, someone comes back as a Force ghost in all of these. Kai God comes back as a Force. You don't even care about who who was who was <laughs> Kai God. What the, what was that character? He was the guy who trained Obi Wan. But what what was his character? <laughs> Protecting the uh, queen or whatever, but like Han is is a rogue. Right? That's mm-hmm. his character, right? Uh, um, C three PO is prissy. Luke is uh, is an upstart who is uh, you know trying to find his way. Um, so is Ray, mm-hmm. uh, held back by by um, by their their notions of what the world was. You feel like none. What is Qui Gon? But none of the characters developed any yeah, kind of personality right, right. in the first three. Yeah, that was the whole thing we just true. talked about. The only so. reason that that we we liked Obi Wan was because we knew him from the Star Wars. He, he, was, actually... he was pretty awful in yeah the prequels, and it's not Ian McGregor's fault. It's he just had no consistent character arc. Yeah. The the the, move, the thing we just watched, they kind of picked it out, right? Where yeah. he's, he's always been so cautious, and then he just jumps in the sun. Right. Fifty robots. Um, I mentioned to you the thing about Star Wars is a film about the post apocalypse. Mm-hmm. I 
I think that you know it comes pretty clear. Um, and I did think there's nothing that's inherently cool about lightsabers or zombies or vampires or what have you. What's cool is what you do with them. Uh, and I, at least I think that. I mean, maybe some people think that you know lightsabers are inherently cool, and I guess that's they're they're a cooler weapon than than other weapons, but. It it goes to the point about, you know, lightsabers were specifically Jedi thing. They don't need to be a Sith thing. Also, they don't need to be just mm-hmm. a thing to associate. They don't need to be a Force thing, right? If you, if you have the Force, you use a lightsaber. That's kind of lame, actually. Well, you know, it's supposed to be hard to wield, right? So yeah. it would have been nice if like Finn would like cut his arm off when he tried to use it or something, you know? Just to prove how hard it is for someone who without the Force to use. Yeah. Well, I, I actually, I mean, there, that wasn't really. That that wasn't brought up in in the main series. Like Han used it once. It it was more that it was just it was like Han thought they were kind of quaint. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he wouldn't he wouldn't use a weapon like that. He used a blaster. Uh, maybe maybe that's it. Maybe you need the force to be able to make it as effective as a right, blaster or yeah. something like that. It's like if you had a if you had a welding torch and that was your weapon, and you'd be like, I mean, okay, but it's kind of quaint. It, 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 or or uh, another, a good example is No Country for Old Men. He uses a, a cattle thing, right? Right. It's his sort of distinct thing that he uses. And no one really used that as a weapon. But it's. Can you imagine, like, if, if a whole bunch of start, people started to use that as. Like, they used to. They would battle each other with their <laughs> cattle things. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, you sure have been talking a lot about Star Wars from being done with Star Wars. I, I thought I was done, but this it it, it, it pulls me back in. Okay, I'm, I'm more. I'm, I I think I just sort of got annoyed by by thinking about the prequels again. That's why I wanted to do to show you the thing because I was like, you know what? I need I need to make Jeff know my pain. <laughs> uh, Star Trek is about the future. This is what we could be. Star Wars is about the past, right? Myth and legends. Mm-hmm. Us that are worst and us that are best. It, it, it's about what. It, it's not about what the future holds for us and what we could be. It's about the absolute best that we can be and the absolute worst that we can be. It, it's it's the it's the myth and stuff that we use to to build our things. And I think that that's a good way of looking at it for me. And uh, it's probably why I like Star Trek more, even though Star Trek is not the it's not super action packed and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I feel like. Uh, I I feel like in my best moments I'm more forward looking than past looking. Okay. Uh, and on a similar note, but not Star Wars related, we forget pain, we remember anguish. I was thinking sort of about when if you've ever had a big a big injury or something like that, you don't necessarily remember the exact pain you had. That kind of fades, but you remember being stuck and, and being not even able to move for a while. You remember all that stuff. If you got hit by somebody or you got into a fight, you don't remember what that hit felt like. But you remember the feeling you had afterwards. You remember the feeling that you were going through. You remember the anguish from when you were a child. You don't remember the pain. And that fades. The the immediate effects, the immediate like mm, pain thing, that fades. But you remember the anguish. Mm-hmm. True. Uh, I, I also watched Galaxy Quest. Again, it was on Netflix. It was like, okay. uh, and I said, Tim Allen could could be a Brian Cranston. He was good in that movie. 
Okay. He may he may have a limited range. He was really good in that movie. And I was like, it's not unheard of. Brian Cranston was, you know, just a, a sitcom actor too. Right. I mean, Brian Cranston had Broadway stuff. You know, he was a Broadway mm-hmm. performer. I don't think Tim Allen does Broadway. Tim Allen was a stand-up guy. Yeah. But a stand-up no, guy no. is a performer. Right, right. Not saying he couldn't also have range. It's just, you know, Brian Cranston had more established right. uh, pedigree before Breaking Bad. Sure. Even though he, you know, in Malcolm in the Middle, he had, he had just a comedic role. But Tim Allen, that was a, that was a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, watching it again, and I wasn't bored through it, and I wasn't like, wasn't skipping parts. I was watching the movie. And I was enjoying the movie. You, know, you, you can tell if a movie, you know, sucks because you skip through parts. And you're like, you want to watch these little scenes, but you don't care about anything right. else. The money is easier to be in, like, Top Hogs or whatever. Sure, sure. Uh, I, I had a, a little four-part tweet. I put it in one tweet. Uh, <laughs> young people are, one, young people are awesome. Two, old people will always hate them. Three, young people don't listen to old people. Four, I'm old. <laughs> so, yeah, I recognize that, like, part of me is saying, these young people. And then I'm realizing, wait a minute. That's not the way to look at this at all. Uh, I'm I'm wrong when I do that. Uh, clearly. The, the, the force of history is not behind me at all. Uh, and it, it's kind of the standard state for people, for, for people like me to look at young people and go, what are they doing? And uh, they're they're doing a better job than I did, probably. So let them be, and and don't listen to people like me. It's not very good for your brand telling people not to listen to you. I, it, it doesn't matter. I don't care about my brand. <laughs> I care about what's accurate and what's true. Uh, those are my tweets. Okay, there you go. I explained my tweets. Let's see, what else do we have? Uh, I, I just had a very good review, a very good uh, um, job review. Awesome. They like me. They like me. You told me that uh, Greg like gave me this like warning tone in a message like, there's a very small chance that... It's not a small chance. It's, well, there's but, a chance. But, but the way... Okay, there's a chance that... And like almost an ominous music, like organ music started, dun 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 dun. And I was expecting Greg to say, "I'm gonna have to move to Tech or Phoenix, or wherever Tucson." Tucson. You know, that's the kind of setup he was giving. Like, you know, there's a chance he's gonna be relocated, and he's like, "I might have to work there for three weeks." <laughs> uh, it, it wouldn't be have to. It would be you know my desire. Well, sure. The, the, so the the actual thing was so something interesting may happen that we might have to prepare for. That's what I said. Yeah, moving out of town is, is what that setup normally would be for. Uh, there's a chance I may be in Tucson at some point this year for up to a month. It could happen. Uh, we talked about it. I mean, uh, we've been trying to get me there for a week for the, like, for the whole last year, and it never worked out because of various things. But um, I expect it to happen at least a week uh, this year. Um, and, and it could be longer. But I don't, yeah, I don't see a move in, in the cars. I think a month's fine, no big deal. Yeah, we, we could bank some things or something. And all, all I'm saying is that you know we have to bank some shows. Start a new, start a startup shelf turds, man. 
<laughs> um, you, you said uh, you'll record half a show, send you the half of the beers and dubbing your half. Uh, you'll anticipate your comments and, and respond to them. And I said that would be an amazing show. Uh, I think we should try that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like I, said, I, I don't know if it'll work. I don't know if, if it will if, if it will be anything worth listening to. But I will listen to at least one of those because that that would be either a huge clusterfuck or amazing, uh, and and nothing in between. I can't see it being like half working. Either totally works or it totally doesn't work. And either way, well, the question is: Does person B? listen to person a and try to fit in or do you just record your own and we just see how they fit together <laughs> that would be the ideal right if, if we could do that and somehow it does work we both anticipate yeah, we both, like you know i saw something yeah that, that's a good point and then there's later like no actually what i'm doing is we just sort of anticipate what we would be and like hey let's mix and <laughs> i don't know i i think that would be that would be fun to, to try but i'm not gonna edit that so Oh, you don't have to edit it. You just stitch them together. Once you right. get them, once you get them mixed, marked up, whatever happens, happens. Uh-huh. I, 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 do you want to edit that? Like I said, no editing. Once you, you just put the two tracks together and let it go. Oh wow! Okay, that's even. Oh, you gotta wow. have good timing and good that anticipation. Is very good timing. Yeah, that'd be hard to do. No, you could edit it as well, but uh, it'd be fun. Just kind of like you know, you try to anticipate when you're supposed to talk, and then we stick them together. It'd be fun. Not good. Fun. Mm. Difference between good and Send fun. Send us a message if you think you'd, you'd be interested. In oh, everyone who's listening would love to hear that. Uh, I, okay, I heard this story. I did think about Bitcoin recently because I heard the story or heard, listened to this podcast where somebody was talking about how awful Bitcoin is. Uh, and they mentioned that Bitcoin is a great way to... So I, I said I was listening to this podcast and they mentioned a legitimate use for Bitcoin. Uh, that I actually f- totally agree with. Uh, but the use is keep a small amount of Bitcoin in an unprotected wallet on your computer and monitor it. And if that ever is transferred out, you know your computer has been compromised because that's the first you know, that's the first vector of attack. Uh, mm-hmm. And so you, you have it there, like you said, as a honeypot mm-hmm. uh, because that will tell you before any major thing has happened to your network, that will tell you that your network's been compromised. Uh, as as Damien said, when you try selling that to, to the security guy, you're not gonna. It's not gonna work. But I thought it was sort of novel. It's uh It's novel, and I mean, deploying it like on every computer across an enterprise wouldn't be so such a good idea, right? But playing on one or two or something on some major points and when you see if they're compromised? Yeah, it'd be interesting. It depends on the kind of attack you're getting, right? If you're just worried about any kind of person who just happened to fish his way into company X and is looking for high-stakes targets, Bitcoin wallets might be one of those things. But again, if you know it's company X and not user X, then probably you're not going to expect to find Bitcoins as much. So it depends on what they expect, yeah. where, how they, where they think they are. If they think they just fished into a home system, and and so few people have bitcoins, right? Where, but I think that that's the first thing somebody looks for, right? Because it's easy to look for, and if you find it, it's an easy target. 
So it's a great way to see to as an early warning system to see if you've been compromised mm-hmm. because it's 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 the first most easy thing for somebody who's looking to who's not looking just to get in and get out and say they got they got anything out, but is right. looking to do something. It's an easy target. Just don't call it honeypot. Yeah, <laughs> Bitcoin directory honey called honeypot. Bitcoin honeypot. Yeah. <laughs> Steal me. You know you have to put that much, right? You can put half a Bitcoin, a quarter of a Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. You put 20 bucks in there. Yeah. It'll go missing if someone's looking for wallets. Mm-hmm. And it'll tell you, if nothing else, it'll tell you that you have a hole somewhere in your security. Do you have to, um, I guess you go through an exchange. I was wondering if you'd have to like, have the blockchain up to date on that computer and everything. But no, no, all a Bitcoin is, all a wallet really is, is just a pointer to uh, a number in mm. the blockchain. You don't actually have, you don't actually contain anything on your computer. You just contain a pointer to some number and then the the, the password to mm-hmm. unlock it. Gotcha. sent you a, a tweet about a, a picture I had from the blockchain an O'Reilly thing. Oh, I tweeted that to yeah. you. <laughs> a bewildered parrot or yeah. whatever. Yeah. 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 I carried over really well for the audience. <laughs> if you look at my tweets and replies, you'll be able to see that one. Uh, <sighs> other things that are hidden here. Um... No, I don't think so. Oh, I got the uh, the robot programmed reasonably well. You can control it with the joysticks now. I need to, one thing. I'm gonna feature. I want to add is when you click a button, I want to go into like fine fine control, so it goes a lot slower. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's cool. You know, so you yeah. can have fast control, and then you click a button and it toggles into fine control. I want to kind of do that with the code, but other than that, uh, Max. Uh, Max can control the hell out of that robot. Like he picked it up like that. Kids and video games. Yeah, I mean, Ali got it too. But I mean, I was shocked. Max probably better at it, and he picked it up like in just minutes, like how to control the robot. Kids, kids have a very malleable mind. Mm-hmm. Yep, they both like controlling the robot. I haven't got Allie around to programming it yet. But. I, I saw some interesting... There was an interesting science thing. Um, I actually had an idea, something that, that I wanted to talk about, but I won't get into that this this episode. Yeah, but, I'm not in the mood for math. But right this now. is... It was it was about uh, a... Something that the Perimeter Institute, some people were saying that... He put out a paper. The implication was that uh, our universe is... In, is a black hole in a four in a four dimensional space time universe. Our three dimensional space plus time is, is a black hole in a four dimensional space time, and we are a surface of that black hole. Uh, and I mean, it's an interesting concept if you start to think about it, because the whole idea is if you look at a black hole in our universe, and you look at the event horizon. Mm-hmm. The event horizon is, in terms of how we conceptualize it, how the math works, it literally a two-dimensional object. 
it is a surface that is it is in three dimensions but it is a two dimensional surface that, mm-hmm. that is around something uh, and so the concept is uh, we can extend that and have our universe be a three dimensional object mm-hmm. that is a, surrounding a four dimensional sphere sure. and that gives us some way of interpreting things like the arrow of time and things like that uh but the more you think about it, at least the more i thought about it the more i and i i, I kind of skimmed the paper and sort of read about it. and it's in it's in a language i don't totally understand it's in general relativity and stuff that that's a little bit beyond me but the 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 more i started to think about it, the more i thought it it's it's a neat idea um and it's expressed here in a mathematical way but it doesn't make too much it it, it feels like a, a major stretch without any evidence behind it and part of what we've come to be was where do events go because they would have to be stored in our environment and we don't see that in this in the sense that they would have to be stuck like it would be on the surface of a black hole they would it would be stuck and they would move past that so i don't think we see that or evidence of that we're, we're kind of we're not stuck on this so why should we see other why don't we see other things stuck there, there's a lot of questions that came to my mind it's been a couple of weeks since i read this so it's not immediately clear exactly why i was like but i remember i was thinking along the lines of okay what what if that were true what else is true and i started to think about it and it sort of fell apart I sure i mean the part about where the whole if we're three-dimensional surface on a four-dimensional object type thing, you know, it's a neat idea. The the implement or you know the implications or the proof of it, you know, is probably pretty hard to to come across. But the actual talking about like events, it, it kind of makes sense to me, right? Because I mean, because of the extra dimension of the object. You know, because we are basically all of our dimensions are compressed into all of their dimensions minus one. You can kind of see where we wouldn't be privy to seeing past time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? But it's it's really just right over there if you could right. step outside right. and gain that extra dimension. It it's sort of like almost like if you took a roll of film, right, or like a movie film, right, and spread it out, right? We're in this frame. We can't see that frame, but they can see that frame. Yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 similar. It's actually kind of like I in a sense. You have the number line, and you have these stuff that's sort of off the number line. And but when you're on number line, you can't see that stuff, but you can move off the number line, and it actually works um, because you can translate between them. And this stuff off number line <coughs> is the same as this stuff that's on number line. It's just it's sort of a different number line, and you can move between them without a problem. Um, so, so I'm not saying it's an answer, but I'm yeah. saying that analogy uh, where you said it, it didn't help with time and events. No, it, it, it does strike you immediately as, mm-hmm. wow, there's something here. And, but the I've, I'm trying to remember what it was, and I, I can't remember now. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought, wait a minute, there's there's qualifiers here that I'm not sure work. And I, I now forget what I was talking about, but I, I thought it was interesting sure. at the very least to bring up. Uh, it seems and, like a stretch for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. Anyway, so. Uh, so there was any other interesting science stuff. Again, not getting to the, the, the major stuff, but or the major problems or or any explanations, but anything interesting science-wise. Oh, there was a thing about, just recently about, there, there's questions about the comets around that star, right? There, there was a star with the, the quote-unquote megastructures that people oh, okay. thought were aliens, yeah. and then uh, it was sort of turned into, well, it's probably just comets. And mm-hmm. then there's like questions, uh, because now we have some historical data on that star that doesn't look like that's the answer. And in fact, it looks like it's doing something, the star is actually doing something really weird. <laughs> um like it, it's really dropped in, in, in luminosity a lot, which is not what we would expect for the star on the main sequence to do. Okay. Um, which is interesting, but uh, just because we don't understand something, we don't know something doesn't mean it's aliens. In fact, that's the whole point is that we don't know. So making any assumption is, is the worst thing you could possibly do. I had a... Um, I had a very interesting experience uh, on on the on the, the message boards that I go to because normally um, when I, when I'm talking to somebody, um, when somebody starts spouting nonsense, uh, I will respond to them. I try to respond to, to people in a, in a somewhat constructive way, but th- this person was spouting what it seemed to be nonsense about quantum mechanics. There are a lot of people who do that. They will, they, they they watch one documentary and they think they understand quantum mechanics and they start talking about blah 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 and so the i found the very effective thing to do is just throw a lot of jargon at them not because jargon is not not saying wrong things but just normally people will be like they they won't try to interpret the jargon because they don't understand what it means uh, and then this person responded in, in an interesting way. You know, she didn't see it first, but they, they responded by responding to the jargon, not in a very clear way, but at least in a way that made me think they understand what I'm talking about. That they're they have more of understanding than I assumed because they were making they were getting the caveats right. They wouldn't go into the math, and I didn't expect that because it can get ponderous. But they were getting the right caveats, and so. I started to realize this person knew what they were talking about, but I still think they were making the wrong assumption. It, it was a person who was saying that, um, more or less, quantum mechanics shows some aspects of, of theism, or at least some aspects of non-traditional philosophy to be true. Uh, and I eventually responded with, with a sort of long thing, which, again, I, I tried to be very respectful. I don't... It was clearly a troll, I and mean, he sort of he was absolutely trolling. But at the same time, it wasn't the stupidest troll in the world. It was somebody who was trolling, but trolling in a kind of smart way. But it, it, I really felt like it was somebody who had just sort of learned this stuff and had some ideas, but was just trolling because he realized that a lot of people are saying stupid things. And I and I said to him, I see people say stupid things that I agree with. People I agree with say stupid things all the time. I see atheists say. Um, Virtual particles show that something can come out of nothing, and that's not at all what virtual particles are. And a little bit of die, a little bit of me dies inside when I see atheists say that. But that's not the only quiver that it's not the only arrow atheists have in their quiver. Uh, 
the whole point is, is that he made a, a thing about Feynman said this, Feynman said that, and you know, from talking to me, I huge into Feynman, mm-hmm. but Feynman isn't the end all be all. And the point I was trying to say is, let me get the exact wording because I I thought I made a really good response, <laughs> so I'm going to get the exact wording here, and then I'll I'll give up because you look bored. <laughs> So he made this big thing about how Feynman, when you're talking about Feynman diagrams, um, the interpretation of Feynman diagrams could be that antiparticles are moving backwards in time. And uh, I said, and I, and I tried to explain to him in a couple ways what Feynman diagrams were and why that's not true. Basically, my thing was Feynman diagrams don't have another axis for conserving lepton number, so you add that to the time axis. It makes it so you can have a conserved quantity without adding other axes and just have a two-dimensional thing. Uh, and I said, look, the, the, to see why this is explicitly just a convention, boson, anti-bosons don't travel backwards in time in Feynman diagrams, anti-fermions do, simply because we put lepton numbers in there. Not here nor there, but uh, my response was, basically, to make this clear, you want to quibble over interpretations, and you hold to one such interpretation for which there is no evidence... And for which there are many other equally as valid interpretations which give, which all give the same results. And you hold this solely because it was at one time expressed the view of a very smart person who was held in the highest of esteem. Well, I'm sorry, I don't do that. I don't do that. You could say that's why I'm an atheist. Just because there are other interpretations out there that are equally as valid doesn't mean we're going to listen to any of them. Did you read that book at all? Yes, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, how is it? It's, I mean, it, it's more of a uh, of a textbook than anything else. It, it mm-hmm. has uh, stuff in there that, um, but it, it's good to uh, to have that stuff there to remind you of the concrete things that you have, the math that is there and is available to you. It, it made me think about how I could um, extend I to you in a way that would get you to understand a little bit more, actually. Cool. So something that I was thinking about that I want to bring up at some point, but you know, you, you, I think you get a lot of I, you get the unit circle, you understand mm-hmm. that stuff. So the question that you really have, and I think it's a good question is where does this come into play in, in real world stuff? Sure. Yeah. And I have some, some ideas for how you can start to think about that, but we won't get into that now. Sounds good. Awesome. That's it. That's it. Sweet. All right. I was quiet tonight. I didn't have a bunch to talk about, but sitting here, enjoying the conversation. Anything else? Well, okay. The, one last thing. The, the the example of somebody who was a troll. They they posted a a, a tweet to or tweeted uh, posted a thing to what the bleep do we know? A really this a horrible just documentary shit that tries to make quantum mechanics magic and, and my response was very simple I see a bullet quantum mechanics is not magic it is counterintuitive but it follows an extraordinarily strict set of rules and we know the rules of quantum mechanics to a larger degree than we know any other set of rules for any other process 
we have to dump enormous amounts of energy into our experiments just to try to find something new. LHC and stuff like that. And I, said, I suggest you look elsewhere if you still need to find where your source of spirituality is hiding because it's almost certainly not here. Nice. <laughs> I, I mean, the point is, we get quantum mechanics. It's unintuitive, but we get it. It's like Heather. This is not a very good segue, but so Heather saw this on Facebook today. Someone was asking, "Any recommendations for a preschool in Cranberry? Not affiliated with people who think I'm going to hell." Thanks. And they posted this in Cranberry Township, you know, right wing uh-huh. central. So there was a couple replies, and then actually it got removed or she deleted. It. But it's like. I would encourage you to, to, you know, a whole evangelical thing. Like, before we get about preschool, let's try to keep you from going to hell type thing. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I mean, I get why people think that quantum mechanics is magic. Because it's taught that way, especially in the pop side. But it, mm-hmm. it's the furthest thing from magic. There's, there's no realm for it to be magic. There's no way it can be magic because we know it too well. Well, problem is it's unintuitive and yeah, especially in its quirky and weird. Oh well, unintuitive to people who haven't thought about it, and that's why it seems magical. Yeah, it's always going to seem. It's always you're always going to be. Doesn't matter how much you learn about quantum mechanics, you're always going to have that conversation with that person Mm -hmm. because it doesn't behave like things they're used to touching and seeing. Right. And, you know, and and another thing that that I mentioned the other in in with the other guy, but I think with this sort of cases, I'm not trying to get to the person who who meant who wrote this. I don't think I will. Uh but somebody else will come along this and they may see it. Mm-hmm. And that's important to know. Right. Sounds good. All right. Talk to y'all. Catch you later. Next time.